Hello, guys. This is Mohamed Jinde. I'm a board member in State of Youth and a children's rights activist, and I'm hosting the, today's episode alongside Marianne. And we're going to talk about uh, youth involvement in politics. Our first guest with us is Juan Antonio Gracia, uh, and who is a political activist and enthusiast for gender equality. He also is part of the campaign team uh, to co uh, coordinator for Alejandra Tel Toro, uh, and also an independent candidate for District 6, a former member of Wikipolitikia, and a facilitator for workshops on gender and politics. He's also the writer of the book, How to Lose a Campaign. Hi, thank you so much, Mo and Marianne. Hi. Hello. Hey, uh, and our other um, guest today is Jesus Guerrero-Campo. Uh, he has lived most of his part of his life in Monterrey, Mexico, and he studied history at Columbia University and is now currently the communications coordinator at El Futuro Flores for the first openly LGBT independent campaign, political campaign in Mexico. So that's, that's really cool. Thank you, Jesus, for being with us today. Of course, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, and we invited them both because they're both part of a really cool uh political platform in Mexico that's called El Futuro Florece. It's a local NGO. Uh, and we would like you guys to talk to us a bit about that. I don't know if you, Jesus or Antonio, could talk to us about your involvement with El Futuro Florece and how do you got there? Okay, I don't know, Antonio, you wanna go first? Or? Nah, you go first. Okay, yeah, definitely. Well, um, I first got involved um, back in 2018 before El Futuro Florece even existed or was a thing or an idea. Uh, when um, political campaigns in, in Mexico um, had like this resurgence with independent campaigns, that is campaigns uh, that have no political party, no political party affiliation. Uh, this has been a possibility in Mexico only since uh, like, uh, 2015. Um, so in which any citizen can just like raise their hand and as long as they um, fulfill the requirements can be put in the ballot and be voted for any uh, public office, right? So the first time that that happened was 2015. There was an example of success in uh, uh, Guadalajara, uh, at the time the second largest city in Mexico, right? Um, and uh, with the success of Pedro Kumamoto in, in Guadalajara, uh, that started being uh, attempted to be replicated in different cities. And one of those cities was in Monterrey um, with the network of Wikipolitica, which again was like this uh, kind of um, very non-hierarchical organization that was not a political party, right? Uh, an NGO as well uh, that shared se several values, but that was propelling independent candidates. So I got involved um, as a volunteer in 2018 in the campaign of Alejandra del Toro for local Congress here in Monterrey in the state of Nuevo León in Northern Mexico. Um, well, we fulfilled all the requirements. We competed in the elections. Unfortunately, we did not win. Um, and afterwards, everyone went their sep uh, separate different ways or so I thought until I was contacted um, like uh, earlier, uh, 20, I think it was 2019, 2020, maybe, um, I was contacted that, uh, again, uh, we were going to attempt to do the impossible and, and win uh, without the resources of political parties. 
but now with a new platform. So it was no longer Wikipolitica, it is now El Futuro Florece, which kind of translates to uh, the future flourishes or the future blossoms. Um, and again, this is not a political, a standard political party, it is not a political party at all. Here in, in Mexico, we have public funding for political parties, right, and, and for um, political campaigns. So that means that if you are get the registry as a political party and get the minimum amount of votes, uh, you get public funding. Uh, and there's some requirements as to that, but uh, without a political party, you, you get a lot less resources and a lot of the, less of that structure. And with that structure, well, um, it is not one that we wanted to participate in. Um, and so a lot of the people that participated in 2018, uh, gathered again to try to do it this time in for the elections of 2021 and that's what we've been doing we have now not only one candidate who was uh back like back in 2018 but now it's four candidates for local congress uh again here three in the in monterrey one in the like the neighboring uh municipality of guadalupe and uh, all for the congress of nuevo leon yeah, and it's, pre it's pretty cool to hear that these four candidates are completely like citizen candidates, which means they have no like affiliation to any political party. They do not have to follow like anyone's rule and they actually represent the voices of different communities. So that's, that's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because um, something that gets kind of criticized here a lot um, is like these career politicians, right? That uh, jump from party to party as long as they're able to like compete and stay uh, in Congress or stay uh, without a lot of actual uh, either ideological compromise uh, uh, affiliation or affiliation to, to, to their citizens. It's just like affiliation to the party. So that's kind of something we wanted to stay clear from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, for me as as this is well, Jesus just mentioned that's uh, pretty much the story of Futuro Florece. And I was, I contacted them and, and get to know each other back in 2017. And it was just a, a random thing to, to get to know them. And for me, a political guy who never like uh, really uh, was shown a, a really good place to do politics and, and never saw a place to do it and never feel like represented. So this was like magical, you know. So Wikipolitica, as I just mentioned, uh, it was more like a, a national effort, you know. Uh, we have like 10 or 11 cities. Uh, it was pretty hard. It had, it had its challenge. But Futuro Flores is more like just in, in, in Monterrey, as, as I just mentioned. And it's hard. It's, it's, but at the same time, it's beautiful. Uh, it's, it's, something, it's something that I always said, like, uh, when everyone asked me about the, the last campaign of Alejandra in 2018, I always said that it was the most amazing thing to do, but also, like, the horrible thing. It was horrible, you know, like, it's hard, but it's beautiful. So uh, this is just a, an amazing place to be because uh, we trust each other. It's more like it's not like a co-working thing. It's more like a family thing. Like I, I got to to know all of you through this uh, organization, so it is just amazing to be there. But then, but you've talked, like you've mentioned that it is hard because, in my mind, for example, as someone who grew up in us in a country where really political parties don't exist at all, you know, we have one person and one person only. 
which is Syria. Just so if no one <laughs> if no one knows, like it sounds it sounds quite of a, like um, uh, it sounds more of um, something that comes from fantasy to have an independent party that does not necessarily receive any funding. But I would assume that's also create some hardships uh, because like structural hardships, let's say. Like if you don't receive any funding, I would assume that's also part of your independence that you don't receive any fundings from like a company or from a necessarily like a, like how, how does that work when it comes to more of a practical aspect? Is this one of the hardships, Antonio, you were talking about? Yeah, actually it's, uh, as you mentioned here in our country as well, uh, we're supposed to be like a democracy, you know, and we have like six, seven parties and they change names and the, the biggest one always remain. But uh, here in Mexico, we have like, a saying that is more like uh, we are the country that live in a, a, a like in one party system, and we never realize that. No, like mm-hmm. it's a dictatorship. Uh, but recently, the, the gates have, have been open, but it's kind of tricky because they opened the, the, the doors for us like five mm-hmm. years ago, but they still don't help us to, to be in the equal fight, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. money is a challenge I think is the biggest challenge because they receive like millions like it's mm. it's it's just it's just a joke uh, all the money they receive comparing to all the things that are happening in the city and in the country and need all that money and we don't receive like anything like uh, and uh, and <laughs> above that they're so like so picking when they we need to like find us and and see errors from from our campaign so so, so they can get money from us. So that's one of, of, the, of the big issues because also with money comes like the marketing uh, like spectrum, you know? Like we don't have like time in television. Back in 2018, no, nobody, nobody wanted to, to interview us. Like we were like knocking doors and begging, like literally begging to every, every newspaper and, and on television. And news, but they never listen to us. Now it's different. Like three years uh, uh, after, we have like uh, a more different approach. We have received the coverage, but it's not the same because the parties have the money. The parties can, like get uh, all the the propaganda around the city, and we can. And mm-hmm. also, we don't want to. But uh, that's part of the issue, you know. People also in Mexico, like they are kind of like they lost hope like many years ago. So they don't really get to know you because they don't, they just vote for, you know, like, like let's just see who's, who's, who's not that, that bad. And, and they don't get, they, they don't give you the opportunity to, to, to get to know you because one of the things, one of the amazing things that happened is that we didn't have the difficulty to, to get, to be loved by the people that we talked to. Like every people that we talked to in campaign, they loved the idea. They fell in love. They said like, we're going to support you. The real challenge is to get to all the people in, in the district, you know, or in the city. So if we can do that, like I assure you, like parties have no chance against us. Mm. So that's the difficulty. Yeah, because I was thinking about it. Like for example, here in Europe, like the the new the newer parties that are coming out, like for example, the Green parties, they're finding quite difficult to reach people because really people have like fixed minded on uh, the like the more traditional ones, like the right wing parties, like uh, the more nationalist one, and then you have the like quite leftist or moderate parties, and people just vote for these. Like Green parties have not been able to build a base. Even though like they're not the, like the same as the independent, like they actually do receive money and they do have resources, 
but it's more like the reach to the people. So maybe like, or also like maybe Hiso, since you also have been working in the grant, like how, how, how do you communicate the idea of like um, this, like being independent or like, for example, your political agenda, because I would assume it's also different from the traditional parties. So how do you, how do you feel the people's response in Mexico to it? Antonio said it's good, but it's also, do, do, do you think there is more, um, there's also like some backlash to it? Yeah, definitely. So uh, just to uh, go back and, and give some context, um, yeah, something like independent campaign, something like El Futuro Florece really uh, sprouts us out of a very specific uh, circumstances, right? So here um, in Mexico, uh, as Antonio was kind of referencing earlier, um, we had a, a one party state for what was nearly like 70 years, right? So from like 1930 to 2000, the country was ruled by a single party. Uh, and as Antonio mentioned, it was kind of referred to as the perfect dictatorship because it wasn't a, a person, but rather an institution that controlled all um, levels of government. And then in 2000, we had like the uh, opening of democracy in theory, uh, other parties, uh, uh, another party, the opposition party, finally won the presidency. There was uh, alternance in uh, in office, um, but that was in 2000, so it was 20 years ago. And really, the the experience from 2000 to now um, has been, in some ways, one of disillusion in the sense that other parties have now come, both right wing and left wing parties, and people still feel especially at a local level, uh, disillusionment. Uh, here in Monterrey, Nuevo León, there really hasn't, for instance, there, there really hasn't been uh, a strong left wing uh, in the state. Uh, and, and really people uh, in, in Mexico and, and here locally, uh, to, to get to your more specific question, are not really that politicized in a left wing and right wing uh, kind of spectrum, okay. I feel. Uh, I feel it's more of a who's more corrupt and who's less corrupt, like w w when it comes to voting, right? Or who's going to actually... <laughs> so choosing from uh, who's, who's, who's worse, who's, who's, who's the better de devil. In a sense. Unfortunately, it's not, <laughs> it's not as ideal. For some people, it is ideological. I'm not mm. denying that. Uh, some people really care about specific ideological issues. But uh, a lot of the times it's... Uh, uh, who has less connection with organized crime, uh, who has less, less of a history of uh, uh, stealing public funds, right? So when uh, you say less, that means they have, but not that much. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. like, okay. it's kind of uh, yeah. the, the base assumption that all politicians have some sort okay. of connection. Um, so uh, in that scenario, um, in in Monterrey, when talking to people, it's 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 talking about that. It's, so it it is talking about principles, but it's saying, hey, these uh, political parties, um, all of them have had a chance to show their true colors, right? Uh, in some way or another, and now they come here again after, as they do every three years, and say they're gonna finally fix all of the issues. And, and, and we don't even talk about like these, as I say, like high ideological stances, but issues as simple as 
the the people here in the in the neighborhood have been complaining that this abandoned lot is filled with trash right and they have talked to the major and after and, and to the um their uh, uh, congressperson and no one has done anything about it in three years and it's it's those kind of things where we say like what we want to do is is uh, govern at a very local level uh we're neighbors that want to or get organized and solve the issues in our neighborhoods mm. right and we can find common ground there and people really respond to the message of uh, someone who is knocking at their door like because a lot of times we're with the candidate knocking on the door and the candidate is someone who lives in the same district right and who has never participated uh, in a political party who is a member of civil society right a, uh, uh, an organizer an of some sort and who is uh, and, and our compromise is we're gonna uh, when we win the election we're gonna come back to each and every uh, neighborhood and work from uh, the local level to fix these very local issues uh, which is like which should be like the most basic thing that government does or government officials do but unfortunately not even that is sometimes accomplished yeah and one of the things that happened also an important context for monterrey is that um, Monterey, we are we are an industrial city, you know. Like our work culture is like amazing and admirable, but at the same time, we have been brainwashed into thinking that it's only about uh, working, 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 uh, generating money, and it's not about social things. And uh, we, it's I once read in one New York Times article that we are the Catalonia from. Mexico and kind of like like we're so we think of ourselves like uh, we're so far away from the country and because we're so close to the United States and at the same time Monterey uh, happened to have like uh, these eight years of violence like for people listening uh, from other countries like what you see in the movies like these narcos and, and criminal bands like that happened to us but it was not in like an absurd city uh, it's in Monterey Monterey is just an another Germany, United States city, like uh, like the main city for, for business, was happening all in our in our, in our in our streets. So Monterey had like this dark age where we couldn't focus on growing up in in all their other like topics and uh, cultural. Most of all, like you know, barely this year we are talking about legalizing like abortion, legalizing like weed, and more social movements but this these talks uh, some talk, are talks at mexico city and uh, back in the south uh, they are like having like 10 years ago so we have this, this time where we had to be focused and not dying and like being able to survive that we didn't have a chance to, to, to advance in our like in our collective mind so that is something that that, that is a challenge for us because Right now, like people are like talking about social movements, uh, like about uh, feminism and about all the things that, that are happening around the world. But we are so late, so we're trying to educate at the same time. Uh, at the same time, as we are, we are asking people to trust us. We're we're asking them to. We're trying to educate them in in about uh, what politics means. That it's not what we were taught back when we were kids, like. 
about getting money, like uh, catching criminals. It's about something simple as like making like an organization with your neighbor and in your street and, and doing something collecting from the local uh, you know thing so we're trying to educate at the same time so that is that, that is one of the beautiful things about our movement but it's at the same time so difficult for us because uh you know some people just don't want to have it you know they're so sick of it that they just don't want to have it or they think like they're so old for that so it's 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 that is the context of Monterey City you know like this is what we we face every day I think I think that's one of the the cool things about um, El Futuro Florece, uh, that they're not just like an, a non, they are a nonprofit. They're not just a political group, for example, not a political party, but a political like a collective. Uh, what they do is also they held politicians accountable. I remember, I think like three weeks, uh, three months before the campaign started, um, El Futuro Florece uh, put out um, this campaign where they were showing to people how much their politicians were spending on social media. And that was really cool to see that while the the average Mexican person earns a uh, thousand pesos a week, politicians were earning thousands, hundreds of thousands of pesos a week on social media. Um, even when it wasn't uh, an electoral time, it wasn't time for you to make a campaign around being reelected. It was just a normal normal months. Uh, and it's pretty cool to see young people as the people involved in El Futuro Flores to call out all of these actions. Um, you know, and, and calling out and demanding for a change in the politicians. And I guess I heard this from Ale, one of the members of, uh, of El Futuro Florece, that it is the young people, it is the youth's duty to occupy the institutions. Uh, otherwise, we're going to allow the, the same old people to still be part of the Congress or, or still be part of the, of the great institutions and feel what, you know, the, the Mexico or the Nuevo León that we want, you know, the future that we want. Yeah, I, I mean, some, oh, no, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, yeah, something that um, um, really drew, drew me uh, back in 2018 uh, to Alejandra's uh, campaign, and now again to El Futuro Florece, um, is, well, I'm, I mean, for some context, I'm 23 years old, right? Uh, in, in 2018, I was 20 years old. Uh, um, and that was the first time I was like, uh, really really politically involved and it was because um of how how much uh enthusiasm the campaign inspired in me right because here there was in my city which i can uh, as antonio was kind of saying monterrey is a very it's is now mexico's second largest city with a population of over five million right and uh, it is a city built on industry, right? And very much the ethos of the city is industry, is uh, um, the eco economical side. The, and so here in my city, which I, I thought didn't care about a lot of these other social issues, there was a group of young people that was uh, making a campaign that was talking about um, gender inclusivity, I was talking about uh, gentrification. That was talking about uh, what was wrong with all uh, the old corrupt political ways of doing things. That was doing it in a very like non-hierarchical way because uh, a reason I think young people here don't get involved in politics is because of the hold 
political parties have over politics because here political parties have transformed into these um, super like organizations built on loyalty and that's an issue right because uh, that means you have to be loyal to the party and to the party leaders and you have to wait your turn uh, in order to to get a position um, and so party comes first right when really the city should come first or your uh, uh, neighbors should come first and so um, that was something that as a young person really uh, inspired me and, and inspires me to this day like doing it uh, as Antonio said without a lot of resources uh, but out of the conviction that it can be done and in a city as uh, sometimes that is sometimes painted as very conservatively because northern Mexico is uh, kind of seen as this, uh, kind of um, seen as closer to Texas right than to um, ideologically and geographically in many ways um, that it can happen and that there's people that want to make it happen. Now, I have a question for you Mo. Like uh, you have come to Mexico and you have been with us and you have known the people through Florida. So from your perspective, so how does it look like? Uh, is, it, is it advanced? Are we left behind? Like, like how, you have lived in different countries. So in your eyes, like an outsider from our city, like how do you see Mexico's politics? I mean, Mexican politics, that's, that's, a, very good, that's a very broad or complicated issue. I, I see similarities, uh, not, not definitely not with the Middle East or Syria, because we have uh, way more complicated politics. Let me just put it this way. But I see, like, I see similarities between, for example, the U.S. politics and the Mexican uh, politics. But then, for example, when I, when I visited Monterrey and visited you guys, uh, I felt that that's something unique that then really uh, I, I like I've never heard about even in Sweden we're supposedly to be a very democratic country with the ability to uh, to formulate these things but youth involvement in politics uh, in Europe in my personal opinion is very superficial uh, and I, uh, because uh, it, they get involved in matters that touch upon their personal lives rather than a global ones and when I worked with you guys, I feel like the whole idea of independent political party that represents the neighborhood and then represents the country eventually, if 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 uh, if that happens, that's really it's 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 not it's not just a local idea. It's not just because it's affecting your life, as Jesus has said. Like it was quite interesting to see that um, it started from an idea that I want to change my neighborhood and then my city than my than my country you know like i want to do others there you work with the thought with the others in your thinking in 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 europe they really work with themselves in their thinking uh, and that's quite unique uh, so what you guys do um and also it, it was very interesting like how you were able to get younger people involved i mean you're all young and how you could get more younger people involved like not just maybe, I, I'm not involved with you, but I know Mariana is, and I know I've met all the other younger people involved. I've, I try to do that here with my experience and with my platform uh, and with my resources, 
but I was not able to do so in Sweden. So that's also something that I find really interesting. And I always, and I still wonder how, how, how do you, how were you guys successful to do so? I'm not going to say I'm jealous, but I'm just going to say how, how were you successful to do so? Because it's quite difficult to get young people involved, even globally speaking. Like it's either needs to be, the situation needs to be really bad for people. Like in Syria, when the situation got really bad, people started protesting um, or, or they don't get involved. But for you guys, it wasn't that bad. It was relatively stable in the city, but people still wanted to aspire for a better future, thrived, especially young people. So that was something very interesting, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I would like to say something about it. And then I would like Marianne to tell us because she's actually the youngest one that uh, was a member of us back in 2018. And it was amazing. Uh, because I have to be honest with you, uh, there was a time back uh, like four years ago, three years ago, when I said like, this is like the people that we are. Like, I don't know if we, we will be a- able to reach younger people. Uh, for the record, I'm 29 right now, about to reach 30. So still young I'm, I'm young, I'm young, but you know, I'm not 20. So, and uh, you know, uh, as we said, there is every day people turning, uh, kids turning eight, 18, which is, is, the, is the majority of age to both. So, yeah, I, I think we have the opportunity as well because globally there is a movement, you know, people are getting uh, tired. There's uh, the globalization of the internet and all the information is getting to younger people and they are paying attention to other things that maybe or, or, or brothers or parents or even us, we had like a, a lot of trouble to, to get information from. And we have the opportunity here in, in El Futuro Florese that universities love what we do. So we've been able to, to give like conference and, and be in classes. And, and I think uh, there is something magical about the message because uh, e- everyone who, who steps into the building of our, our organization, what they see is like uh, these, these girls and, and boys who know from, from all the life but that's, that's a lie. I mean, there are people I, I just met like one year ago and I feel like they are my brothers and my sisters. So this is one thing, like like the principal message is that we do this for love and, this, and we do this for passion and we need to break like uh, this mentality of I am, I'm just born to work and buy a house and get married. I mean, that's amazing. Uh, politics and that are not uh, like, like, like divided. But you, you can also have time to do politics and, and social things. And we like rename what politics means. What do politics mean? You know, like it's about being, being able to help each other, being able to, to help other people. And I think that's what, what younger people get because to be honest with you, we were like one, one candidacy with Alejandra, like 20 people, 30 people. And then we, we, after we lose, we keep working, we keep working. And then like last year, like uh, 2019, when Futuro Fletcher was born, like suddenly there was opportunity to have like four candidacies and we're like more than a hundred people. Like there are people like are the age of my nephew, like 2018. And that's amazing because you learn from them, they learn from you. And, and then you, and you have a responsibility to, to be an example. And we trust each other because something that also happens here in Monterrey and also in Mexico is that obviously when they see and they saw what we, what we did, 
the the political parties start to offering things to us like I offer you like this uh, this comfort zone I give you a candidacy you're gonna win for sure I give you money I give you this uh, but we trust each other and we're so like uh, revolutionary and in the heart that that's not gonna buy us you know so I think that that translates to all the younger people that are reaching to us because Passion is so contagious, you know. So, Marianne, you you are one of the, of the uh, people that I think you were eighteen or nineteen. I was eighteen. Yeah, and I was so amazed when you you step into into our campaign because it was like she's just a kid, but she knows a lot. And can you tell us like what 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 take take for you like to give this step and and what uh, made you fall in love with the movement? Yeah, I think I think that's the thing with. Uh young people getting into politics, that it's, we're learning. And for example, we're using social media uh, and it's a, a very different politics than the one uh, other generations have been using. Uh, and I guess, I guess that's, that's the thing, you know, to have young people involved in politics uh, because they're gonna make things different. Um, I couldn't say if we're gonna make things better, uh, but we're definitely gonna make it different. And I think that's what this candidacies uh, have been doing and what the whole, uh, Flores has a political platform to criticize politics in Mexico. Um, it's been doing, and I would really love to see more of these examples of like young people getting into politics all around the world and actually changing how how the system or how the institutions work there. Um, I think. I don't know if, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we only have two minutes and forty seconds left, <laughs> and I think there is one thing that I really want to uh, ask you guys about. Because um, I have a, how am I going to put it, a very realist perspective on politics. <laughs> I, I personally is involved in politics for my own reasons, not to change uh, necessarily. Uh, so I would ask you, why do you think like young people, especially young people, should be involved in politics, even though change seems to be little to not impossible? Like, is there a reason that mo should motivate young people to be involved in politics other than drastically change the whole world? You know, what are like the small things that make you involved, that makes a young person should be, not, not motivate, but should be in politics? Yeah. Uh, for me, um, and I'll try to be very brief, um, it's about two things. It's about... Um, one trust in 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 the people you're working with i think uh, that's something that motivated me uh, when i joined these political campaigns it was trust in the people i knew who were in uh, who were doing these things and building those relationships and sometimes those relationships are even more important right than the goal the relationships you build number one and number two uh, electoral politics may or may not be the answer i don't know uh but uh it's already there and uh, public office is already there and there's resources attached to those public offices that we might as well be using, right? For, uh, for good rather than for what it's being used right now. 